Hello, and welcome to Hey, I Like, a podcast where we talk about all the things that make our neurodivergent brains go bonkers. I am your host, Jess, I use she, they pronouns, and I am here with my very good friend, who is here to tell us about some more interesting things. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Kent, I'm uh, some, also sometimes known as Inquisitive Psyduck, and I'm... Today, just going to spout a few stories that I've picked up over the years and just odd little tangential tales. One that's kind of kind of depressing, really, but also kind of spooky, so you could always just repeat this episode <laughs> during the spooky season. And then two more uplifted, well, one comedic, but not really, but it is, but you shouldn't be laughing at it thing. And one that's an interesting just story about how things get got done years ago. So, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. I think when you proposed this episode, you described the topic as where the bodies are buried Body on campus. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that's actually going to be our first part, which is the kind of tragic bit, but... And I try. I got through with notes last night, going, "Okay, you know, I don't really know a lot of the technical explanations. I know what we called it, but not what the official name was." And then I looked it up and went, "No wonder, even in our not as enlightened as we are today, uh, class of you know student-teacher relationships." We didn't call it this. This is bad. So, <laughs> well, I'm definitely intrigued. Oh uh, well, okay. So I'm not gonna name the campus in particular, just in case somebody <laughs> legally jumps up and goes, Ooh, "How dare you!" Even though I think technically it doesn't exist anymore by the names <laughs> of how it was when I was there. So, oh. <laughs> Always a good we're start. just we're just gonna there was a lot of politics that happened, so we're just gonna ignore that right now, but we'll picture it as a certain decade at the end of the twentieth century uh, <laughs> where there was construction on this campus they were in a phase of massive growth uh, i mean when was there, like, my freshman year, it's like, oh, yeah, we got, like, eight buildings on campus. By the time I left, it was like, they had added, like, four more. Like, complete buildings. Fully operational, like, she, and this is the most expansion they've done in a decade. So. But, uh, uh, I, I have a degree in anthropology, which here in the U.S., you, one of the main focuses is archaeology. Which I know over yeah. in the UK, archaeology and anthropology are actually separated. Yes. They're they two are. different branches. Here, the same branch. So, yeah. Fair enough. But uh, one of my professors is talking about how uh, he's sitting in his lab. It's like Thursday or something, I think. It's either Thursday or Friday for him. And a workman comes in. Like, 
hey, we keep finding these. What is this? What kind of animal is this? And hands him a bone. Okay. And Professor looks at it and goes, pretty sure that's human femur. Oh! Here, let me, ch- <laughs> let me check here. Oh, wait. Uh, <laughs> I don't, it doesn't look like any cattle or anything. Well, it turns out they had hit a cemetery. And it hit a cemetery a while ago. Oh. Now, here's the backstory behind this. Uh, back a hundred years ago, or actually by now it's over a hundred years ago. We're talking like 130 years ago now. Yeah. Uh, this, that area, there's a very sizable area of the city was once the Indiana School for the Feeble-Minded Youth. Which, Lovely name. Yeah, this is why we kind of called it the State Developmental Farm when we were <laughs> discussing it among ourselves. But it was, uh, if you were mentally handicapped, or reading up on it, I guess if you were emotionally handicapped, if you had like what we would call clinical depression as a youth, you were there. Yeah. And all that would happen is it is a farm. It was a functioning farm. But they also tried teaching some trades. But they had their own cemetery on site. Because I guess they're, yeah, I mean, besides the fact that you could have suicides, this was also, you know, healthcare. People died. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, do I didn't mark graves with gravestones out there? And sorry if you hear squeaking, the dog just decided to walk up and start playing. <laughs> I love your dog. Yes, uh, so, this cemetery's there, but once the State Developmental Farm shuts down or relocates, which it does, I, reading on the history, it relocated like several times over the past century. Until now, it's basically the group home system. But. This brings into an interesting thing. Here's a cemetery, and it's being used upwards until the 1920s. And then people forget it's there. Yeah. The University is founded in the late 60s, and nobody knows where this cemetery is, except that it's somewhere on what is designated as school grounds. But nobody knows where it is. So the next time somebody goes, how does a city go lost? There's a whole cemetery that was lost under 40 years, and they knew kind of where it was. There were people alive who knew exactly where it was, but nobody knew where it was. Yeah. Remind me to tell you about Oliver Cromwell's head sometime. (laughs) This is a similar story. Yeah. And so, anyway, you get this construction worker who's like, oh yeah, I guess we found this. And the couple of the professors who do archaeology are like, okay, we need to go talk to the Chancellor go talk as high up as we can. Because the construction worker also says, yeah, sometimes we've just poured the concrete over the bones. 
Um, yikes. Yeah. So, they've, like, dug. Oh, look, there's some bone picking up. Oh, poor, poor the foundation. <laughs> so that has happened in some of this. And it's like three buildings being built almost at once out there, or they were in sequence. It's like, we're building this one, we're building this one, and they're all right beside each other. So we know which building is next, and so goes to the Chancellor, and the Chancellor just, in an emergency meeting, Chancellor goes, okay, construction crews, you have Friday off, you have the weekend off too, you guys go out there and dig up what you can. Find as many graves as you can in, like, two and a half days. The, the construction workers? No, the archaeologists. Oh, okay, and that makes a lot more sense. I was just, like, why would you ask construction workers to now, find a form, graves? <laughs> oh, now, some of them knew where they'd seen them, seen signs before and can go, Oh, uh, we think they're, we, like, just shovel put the shovel in the ground, flipped it, and thought we saw a bone here. That could help out, too, but... Yeah. So, yeah. So, eventually, they found... I'm not even... I can't remember how many they said. I don't even know if they know exactly how much they found. Because some of this could have been mixed together, some of it. I mean, it's a, it was a mess anyway up there. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but they got as many bones as possible, and they just reinterred them at the other end of campus, where there was never any plan to do any construction there. Uh, just put plaque up and kind of have it marked in records. Yeah, this is the remains. Don't touch. Yeah. Well, at least they uh, labeled it this time. Yeah, this time it's labeled. It. Even though I kind of have wanted to go look for that, but I don't know where it's at. I just know it's in this kind of big swath that could be in. So, yeah. but... And the crazy thing is, I've known so many people who are like... I don't mean to slam on some of these people, but some of them I do. <laughs> and I'm so spiritual. I get sick when I'm near a graveyard. But they're fine at that when they're like sitting in that <laughs> building. But then I've but then I've met people who are like, I'm so spiritual. Why am I getting a headache when I'm in this brand new building? And it's like, mm. maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah. uh, it could be the real deal here. So especially if nobody has ever told you. So, but I'm just gonna leave out some those. Details, but yeah. Yes. Uh, so, about Cromwell's head. <laughs> we'll stick that in as an interlude between this and our next, and our, our, our more um, funny part. I mean, this is probably something that I could do a whole episode on. Oh time, no, really? No, it's, it's not that long, it's fine. But basically, so, Oliver Cromwell, what? as we all know. Big um, asshole. Yes, the head of the King of England. <laughs> right. <laughs> or had him executed for treason. Which um, is odd, he's Lord the king. protector of England. <laughs> How exactly um, you get the king for treason, I don't know, but... Okay. I, I no, but he did. Um, had him executed, became Lord Protector of England. Um, when he died, his son took over for a little while, and then Charles II 
came back okay. and restoration and right. um it's famous for being a very fun part of history because it's when all the parties came back because Oliver Cromwell was a Puritan and did not like fun. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought, in school. I thought you meant the um, political parties, so okay. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> even though that would be, um, I could see him actually disbanding on the political parties too and just saying, oh, that goes against. Yeah, well, the thing is, is when the part of the country that I'm from is also where Oliver Cromwell is from. Okay. So we learn a lot about him in school because he's local. Mm. And um, the way that part of history was taught to us in school was that Charles I, the king that got executed, was in the wrong. Right. Cromwell set things right. (laughs) He wanted to dissolve Parliament. Good point. And rule as like an absolute monarchy. With no parliament, no advisors, just the king. And Oliver Cromwell wanted... Oliver Cromwell, like, his army was co- like colloquially known as the Roundheads. Right. Because they wore round helmets. But their, like, official name were, like, the Parliamentarians. Because they were pro-democracy. So we were taught that Oliver Cromwell was in the right, actually, and Charles I was in the wrong because he wanted to dissolve Parliament. And all Oliver Cromwell wanted to do was make sure that people had the right to, like, have a say in how their country was run and so that we could have a democracy and have Parliament. And that even though he was a bit of a dick, you know, and a bit over the top with his religious stuff, he just wanted people to be moral and good. And then you talk to an and Irishman about it. And he just went a bit it. too hard about it. We didn't learn about any of the stuff that he did in Ireland or anything like that. Oliver Cromwell was just yeah. a local like folk hero who happened to be in charge of England for a while. Um, but yeah, so he died. His son took over for a little while. His son died because his son was a weakling. Yeah. And then Charles II came back and he took over and that was when we had the Restoration. What we also got taught <laughs> was that Charles II, um, to make an example of Oliver Cromwell, had Oliver Cromwell's body dug up, like disinterred, uh, yeah. put on trial for treason, <coughs> for killing the king, king. <laughs> found him guilty, obviously, because he did in fact kill the king, uh, and had him hung, drawn and quartered. After he's already been a corpse for a while. After he was already dead. He'd been dead for, like, a number of years. Um, well, had him I... hung, drawn, and quartered. Uh, his, the, the four quarters were sent to the four quarters of uh, England, and his head was uh, put on a spike in the Tower of London. Okay. Uh, a couple of years later, there was a big storm, and the head blew off the spike. <laughs> Or like the spike blew down or something. The head blew down. And um, the guardsman who was like patrolling that night took the head home. Hey, free head. Wait. Just (laughs) stole the head. (laughs) Yeah. And took it home with him. And um, so that's fun because why the hell would you do that? But, you know, they they lived in different times. And then it just went missing and no one knew where it was. Oh, okay. For a while. 
it it just went missing. Did he um, know that was Cromwell's every... head? Or did he just think yeah, it was well, a random every... head? I don't know. No one really knows. Um, but because every probably... hundred years, it kind of cropped up again. Okay. In, like, consecutively more random places. <laughs> um, because it showed up it showed up with like a private collector, hmm. um, in like a you know they had like the cabinets of curiosity. Uh, in like the late seventeen hundreds. Those are like miniature circus like things, right? Come. Yes, freak yeah, sh- like freak like shows, the freak, the freak shows, but for stuff that isn't alive. Okay. Um, so it showed up in one of those, um, not in England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Dutch guy. Um, whose name I can't remember, and then it went kind of quiet again. And then in the Victorian era, it showed up in some rich guy's house. Um, and the Victorians were freaks. <laughs> yes. So it showed up in this guy's house, and it got passed around to people at dinner parties, so they could say that they'd held Oliver Cromwell's head. Um. <sighs> And then it sort of disappeared again, and then it's like kept just popping up in different people's houses and like different people's private collections. So at one point it showed up in uh, in the hands of a drunk stage magician who was down on his luck. Um, and he thought, you know what, this is a fantastic thing that I've got a hold of. I'm going to set up a whole like Thing. Yeah, you can exhibition act. type thing surrounding it, yeah. like like the cabinets of curiosities again. Um, but like he was gonna pe- make people pay to like hold it and pass it around, and that was how he was gonna earn money. Uh, but eventually he sold it, and then it kind of disappeared again. And you know, it's like this sort of thing where it crops up every like every once in a while, and then someone loses track of it because it gets sold or it gets lost or something like that. Um, in the 1960s, it crops up again in an auction catalogue for, like, antiques. <laughs> and Oliver Cromwell's surviving family members find uh, out, like, ancestors, find out that it's for sale it? in this antiques auction catalogue. And they go, hey, that's that's our ancestor's head. Can we have it back, please? <laughs> This was the era of like very beginner DNA testing. Oh, so you could double um, check: is this authentic? So they, so they DNA yeah. tested it, and they found that it was in fact Oliver Cromwell's oh, head. Wow. And therefore, because these people were related to Oliver Cromwell, they were allowed to have the head back. Um. So they were given the head back, and they decided that to stop this whole thing where it goes missing every so often and crops up again in random places <laughs> they were going to have it buried okay. in a, like a proper like wooden box like a proper box yeah um and they got permission from sydney sussex college cambridge university which is the college that he attended as a student um they got permission from the college to bury the box with his head in, like, within the grounds. Okay. Uh, I should mention that the whole reason why they had to DNA test it is because it was completely unrecognisable. <laughs> what, you couldn't because tell it was a skull? <laughs> basically, because, like... Oh, jeez. 
Where, Everybody's been pandering it. Before they put severed heads on spikes, they'd like tar them. Oh. So yeah. a lot of the features weren't that recognizable anyway. And then it had been passed through so many like people's hands, hands that weren't yeah. like looking after it properly that um it had all like worn away and it was basically just like a blob. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they got permission from Cambridge University to bury Box with his head, uh, like on the Sydney Sussex College grounds, and this was in like the nineties, I think. And they uh, they got they got together a group of it was like two or three of his surviving ancestors and the gardener at the time got together and they buried Box, and they didn't mark where they buried oh, it. Jesus. Um, since then, the gardener and at least one of the surviving ancestors has died. Oh. So we are getting to, the, and the last one I think is quite old. So we're getting to the point where no one is going to know where the body, where, like where the box is buried. So they're going to find it again. Oh, okay. Eventually, yeah. But the whole point is that because no one knows where it is, no one's going to go Hello? looking for it. Yeah. But they've put like a little plaque up at the entrance to the college that says, like, somewhere in these grounds Oliver Cromwell's head is buried. Um, so people know it, like, that that's the college that it's so in. So, that's the new scavenger hunt. But <laughs> no one's gone looking for it, yeah, and quite rightly, because that would be quite disgusting. But, but no, it was quite funny, because, um, you know the Extinction Rebellion protesters? Yeah. A couple of years ago, was it a couple of years ago? Okay. It feels like a couple of years ago, yeah. but I don't know if it was or not. They um they dug up the lawn. Oh, just to of find one it. One of the Cambridge colleges, not to try and find Oliver Cromwell's head. They just dug oh. up the lawn for the sake of it. I don't understand Extinction Rebellion and like what they're doing, but yeah, they dug up the lawn of one of the Cambridge University colleges, and I can't remember if it was like that one or not. But I remember thinking at the time, did they find the head? So it might have been <laughs> that one. Uh, but yeah, so Oliver Cromwell's head is buried on a Cambridge University campus, but no one knows where. <laughs> um, and that is why that remi- your story reminded me of it. <laughs> that <head>. Because <laughs> you can have, yeah, you could mi- you could easily miss these things. So <laughs> yeah, but so, yeah, so we got told that whole story in primary school. <laughs> I grew uh, up knowing this. All we know is, uh, we have a city named Cromwell nearby-ish. Uh, I've been to like... his house <laughs> twice <laughs> on school trips. Um, okay. But it's funny because I went to university and like we started talking about like the we're doing a, a module on like early modern drama and stuff. So we're talking about like the Caroline period, which is like the rest uh, the restoration and stuff. Okay. Um, because that's when theatre was allowed again. Oh, and, yes. Uh, so, we start, so obviously we started talking about all the Oliver Cromwell stuff, and I was just like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> He's evil. <laughs> well, who is teaching you this? And they're just like, any teacher who is sane. And I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> Irish? Uh, it's, a no, very, uh... it's a very regional thing to learn how we did about Oliver Cromwell. Yeah. Um, we've got, I mean, we've got, pe- we've got people like that too, but, uh, <laughs> we got, we got people like that today. Uh, come on. How do you yeah. think some people still get affected? <laughs> anyway. Let's continue. 
Next story. Let's have another tale of democracy and, you know. <laughs> so, okay, this is this is a little more lighthearted, and it's just, you know, it, it, it kind of ends with a tyrannical government ignoring the will of the people because they refuse <laughs> to acknowledge. You mean January 6th, 2022? No! 2020. 2020. No, it ends with a tyrannical government ignoring that we wanted to honor our greatest mayor of all time. Oh, Please say you are the town with the dog as the mayor. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, this is. Uh, let me just say, this is an excuse to say his name as many times as possible in a podcast. So, uh, this guy was the four. This guy was okay. He was a Republican. His four-time mayor of Fort Wayne, Indiana, nineteen thirty-four to forty-seven. That he lost an election, and then he got reelected in fifty-one, and he had an unfortunate death of a kidney infection a few years later. And okay. some people insist he might have actually been able to make five time if he hadn't died. Yeah. So, yes, and he is known forever by his name, Harry Bowles. Oh yeah. <laughs> you oh you have heard of Harry Bowles. Everybody knows. Well, no, of Harry. but we've we've got politicians with similar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, he's apparently okay. Apparently, he really was honest to god popular <laughs> in an area which at the time was Democrat, and he's Republican. But they kept putting him in office because he was competent. Uh but. Years late, I, I mean, they kept trying to honor him. They there is a street called Harry Balls, and his street yeah. sign keeps getting stolen <laughs> because people love Harry Balls. So <laughs> they've unfortunately now changed all of his street signs to H W Balls. Yeah, tragedy. Uh, a couple years ago, they were building a new. Uh, city, basically city hall. They wanted all yeah. move all government, and they put up okay. What do we vote? What names? They put the standard internet poll up, <laughs> and Harry Harry Balls won by a landslide. <laughs> <laughs> and they decided, no, we're not going to name it Harry Balls uh, Building. It's like why? Why, guys? Come on, people. Why not? <laughs> it's a legitimate name for yeah. a legitimate mayor. Yeah. <laughs> it's legitimate. No, it's going to be Citizen Square. How boring do you have to be to just name it Citizen Square? I mean, that is so boring. We also have, I mean, you could have named it after like many Native American leaders that were in this area. Yeah. But no, if you didn't want to go Harry Bowles, but no. No, I mean, oh, that's just a very mm. short story of disappointment. So let's all remember Harry Bones tonight. Yes. Yes. Isn't that just a better note of happiness after dealing with dead bodies? <sighs> so. We will remember Harry Bones. Yes. Every time you say his name. I don't know what happens. I don't know. <laughs> Something must happen. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, okay. And we'll just end on part three here, which is, I'm calling it The Last Stop Before Greatness, which I think actually is the unofficial, was one of the unofficial names or unofficial terms for it. Okay. But, uh, let's picture this. It's the early 80s. <laughs> You're running a comedy, decided to start a comedy club. Sounds okay. Like what we're doing here. Yeah. Well, you get this idea. So you get to have a local comedy club owner who is looking around and cable TV is just kind of exploding. It's just now kind of getting started and going and kind of like you had the problem with digital switch over the digital cable a couple of years ago where and all these streaming services. There's almost not enough content to just start filling up everything. So he gets this idea that he should just do a talk show. And he kind of is, you might say he's a little full of himself, but he's like shopping around trying to get HBO and all to carry his talk show. If he starts it. As you do. Uh, and he kind of gets this interesting counterproposal. C and B list celeb comedians could be sent to his comedy bar store, comedy bar, yeah, do sets, get interviewed, and the interviews on his show were basically the test interviews before those guys went to the real late night network shows. Yeah. So you'd have a comedian come in do their thing, they would give him a list of questions to ask in advance. And somebody in Hollywood is sitting there watching tapes of how they respond and how well the audience liked them. And that would determine if they were on Letterman or Carson or whatever in a couple weeks. And when they went on there, they got the same questions. Their responses were a little more polished because they were told what, how to alter their stuff. And it was just, oh, some of these guys, you would see, like, they, like a week or two after their appearance on Late Night, they've got a show coming on the network in the fall. Because they managed to pass their test here in this local club yeah. that was being monitored closely. And this continued up through the 90s, I think, until he was just kind of decided, yeah, I'm getting a little too old to be doing this. I've done my thing, and they do, they don't do it anymore, which is kind of a shame, because it's not a bad idea. Yeah. But at the same time, you could kind of tell people, they're like, yeah, that guy's not going anywhere. But you could also be like, Wait, someone Borbo was in our town at this point, and oh, we could go find that and go. Oh, dang, that's when he got approved. Because we're already, in a weird way, we're already a test market for like various products. Like Pepsi or Coke wants to unleash a strange flavor, we get it. 
like before anyone else because quote unquote our demographic is close to blah 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 <laughs> so i guess if people like somebody if certain jokes will fly here they'll go nationwide if certain just yeah. situational comedy things happen here it works out so yeah i was just kind of blown away when i'm like there was somebody i there's like I watched one episode. I remember being in high school. Yeah, because I'm old. And watching one episode. And then, like, a couple weeks later, I noticed the same comedians on Letterman. And I stayed up for it. And I'm like, am I having a stroke? These are the same <laughs> questions. He's answering the same way. Except better. <laughs> like, So, that's when he kind of got the idea. Wait a second. But yeah, it, they didn't really officially state this till like he was close to retirement, and it's like, yeah, we were doing this the whole time, like all these stars. <laughs> and I mean, you would go in into this comedy club when I was finally over twenty-one. Uh, <laughs> you would go into this place and just see, like, the little placards up of when somebody who is like oh, yeah, I remember their show on TV, and it's their little thing that's like, oh, yeah, they were here on this date. And this guy was here on this date. and So, I name names, but the only name that's actually coming to mind is somebody that's gone total conservative lately. <laughs> like, <laughs> but he was there. I mean, that was like, literally before he got his tool-based comedy show, uh, that was his last stop before the network said, yeah, here's your show, here's your contract. Yeah. You are now famous because you did well here. Lovely. So, yeah, screw New York. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Oh. I mean, what does New York have that Indiana does? <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani. No, uh, <laughs> wait, we can keep him. Wait, we had pets. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, they are Broadway. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, but, like, other places have theaters. Yeah. And we've got... Yeah, we've got... I mean, not to... Yeah. I haven't been to the theater here in a while. And I know so many people who are in theater. God. <laughs> <sighs> you need to start going to the theater. Oh, I need... Yeah. Affording is... It's more like time. It's yeah, like, that too. Yeah. <laughs> Do I have a day we're, off? We're quite... We're quite lucky because the Globe does really cheap tickets, uh, standing tickets. Oh. Where you can go and watch Shakespeare and, like, stand in the pit. And the tickets cost, I think, £10. I watched yeah, this at the I've, Globe. Yeah, I've done it. It's brilliant. Um, but You see, the, here they'd be... The caveat like, here is yeah. that you need a whole afternoon free. <laughs> yeah. Here because it would be like they start at like two p.m. and go on for three or four oh. hours, and if you leave your spots where you're standing, someone will fill it, and then you won't be able to see a thing. Yeah, 
So well, I got quite lucky and I got really close to the front when I went, but here they if be, I'd moved <laughs> Here in the States they'd be charging like a hundred bucks for that. Here, have the yeah. honor of standing in this historical spot doing as it was done years ago. Like uh, Yeah, well that's the whole reason why the Globe has the cheap tickets is because back when the Globe was like that. Yeah. That those tickets would have been the cheapest tickets. Yeah. That's they used a, to be like a penny. Which, um, which, so now they're ten pounds. Which adjusted for inflation, yeah, it looks about is, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so those tickets are the cheapest tickets because they were the cheapest tickets when like when it was Shakespeare's globe. Yeah. Um no, if you the want... only thing they don't do, which I think would be hilarious personally, is uh there used to be a specific ticket that you could buy, uh, if you were very, very rich in Shakespeare's Globe, where um you could pay a ton of money to sit in a seat on the stage. Oh, not even in the bow in the bow it's on yeah, stage. On the stage. <sighs> um and it was it was like it was the most expensive ticket um because it was basically like a ticket that was designed for nobles with more money than sense so that they could show off their fancy clothes um your job cut. now is to wrap us up <laughs> i have to do the wrap up oh geez. Yeah, I have my funky outro thing that I stick at the end, so you have to do the wrap up. Pretty so well. I'm not repeating myself. Oh, anyway, yeah. Join us next time when our <laughs> subject will be. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could come back any time and just yeah. At some point, we got to touch on what is Henry Cavill up to, and why did he suddenly decide to get everybody. Googling what Warhammer is all of a sudden. But <laughs> it's true, it's true. I mean Let's I could wrap up. Yes. We are wrapping up and we hope you enjoyed us today and hope uh let's see, we don't have any sponsors, do we? No. Nope. So somebody sponsor us. <laughs> Someone pay me. <laughs> Maybe a skeleton supply company, I don't know. <laughs> Those did exist. So, oh yeah. Yep. Uh, did you? You didn't set up a Patreon, did you? I have not set up a Patreon. You haven't set up Patreon. We do have a Tumblr. Yes. Okay. Yes. Which I'm sure will be in the outro. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Yikes. Okay. Wow. How to send this off? Okay. This well, is why have... I don't do it. <laughs> yes. Well, if you have any more questions or comments, uh, you could find us various places uh i for now can be found on twitter at at gwen's dad until you know twitter explodes in a fireball of god knows what uh i haven't uh picked anything else yet also at Inqui uh, at inquisitor Psyduck on tumblr yeah and uh yeah, I can't quite think of anything else to send us off with. So, and if you are an organization that doesn't like the fact that I was talking about dead bodies on your campus, well, uh, we'll just talk about that <laughs> later. And uh, if you don't say anything, nobody will know it's you, right? Okay. <laughs> that is a very good point. 
It is in okay. your best interests to not to sue stay us for talking quiet. about dead bodies on your campus. <laughs> hey, I never signed anything. Uh, <laughs> I definitely didn't sign anything. <laughs> it's been over 20 years since these events happened, so yeah. yeah. Okay, so, uh, well, you know where to find me. You know where we know where to find you, or you're going to tell us where to find you. <laughs> and you know where to find this podcast, because obviously you're listening to it. Yes. <laughs> you do indeed. Yes, so, uh, from those of us here at the... Hmm, I haven't found this... I haven't named my branch of the studio. I should name this. You... But this is a studio? <laughs> uh, I have... Yes! Don't you have a studio? Come on! <laughs> okay, I'm in the living room right now. I'm not in my studio. <laughs> and that was Bailey giving her opinion on things. But, anyway. <laughs> anyway, for those of us here at Hey, I Like... Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Goodbye from my childhood bedroom. <laughs>